Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Paul Etchison. We're here on Monday, January 24th. I hope you're having a great January. I'm off this week, which is awesome. Catching up with a lot of things and just, I'm trying to have a week of just not doing too much. Like I sat in bed on Saturday morning, I watched a movie and I can't remember the last time I've watched a movie like in bed. So I'm going to give that a shot. I'm going to try to, um, I don't know about stay in bed more, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm just going to try to not work so much this this week while I'm off. But before I get into my topic, last chance, if any of you guys want to help out my friend, he does a cash out refi. About 3% is the interest rate. And you can take up to 100% of your home equity, which we have a lot of home equity right now because the housing values are really, really, really up there right now. So if you want to get in on that before interest rates change or before values drop. Now is the time. A lot of you reached out to me two weeks ago about it, and I very much appreciate it because this is someone I really want to help out. So if you want to do that, please send me an email at dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. So I want to talk about what I've been thinking about recently. I had a coaching client and we were deciding, we were talking about whether or not to take PPO insurance. Right now he is out of network with practically everything. He's in Delta Premier, but we were thinking about getting on a Carrington plan or a Zealous plan, and we're looking at the numbers and stuff. And and the goal at the time was to bring on an associate to step back to three days. But what we ended up getting to is his production went really up there, and he was happy, and he was busy, and we increased his new patients and all this stuff. And he kind of decided that he didn't want to do the insurance. And what happened was he asked me over the phone, he said, you know, he's got a friend that was running a PPL practice, very much like mine, high volume, and seeing a lot of people. And he asked me, he said, but was that a sustainable rate when you were running really fast like that? And the fact of the matter is, is I, I had to answer, I'm like, no, you know, it really wasn't sustainable. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do high volume and be really efficient and like bounce from chair to chair and stuff like that. But it definitely is a time and place for it. It definitely can be done. But looking back over my career and how fast I used to work and how many patients I used to see, in retrospect, I think I would do it differently. You know, a common theme of my career, 13 years as a dentist, 10 years as a practice owner, is that I've always felt really, I guess, this this feeling of overwhelm, which to me is just kind of feeling like things are coming at me too fast I can't cope with how fast things are coming at me. And that had a lot to do with how fast the practice was growing, but it also had a lot to do with how many patients I was seeing. And the fact that I was doing so much management and leading and dealing with interpersonal things with the team and and dealing with people upset or people upset with other people. And I just wish they could take care of it on their own. I wish somebody else could do this like interpersonal stuff. And also this feeling that no matter how much energy, no matter how much time I spend at the practice, no matter how much I sit down and talk with my team, that people are always never 100%, that's an interesting way to say it, always never 100% happy. You know, they're happy, they're content, but there's always someone who's unhappy about something. And this kind of this level of just dissatisfaction with with my work because of this overwhelm and the anxiety that it would produce for me and just the frustration. I think what this ended up resulting in is me kind of being more standoffish, me being more, I'm very busy, I'm very busy, you know, I got important things to do. What What is this? What do you need? And creating this where my team couldn't feel comfortable to come talk to me a lot of times. And it's not how I want them to feel. It's not how I've wanted them to feel. But 
it did serve me in some purpose because it did have some people back off and stuff. So I look back and kind of going forward on my career now, I think I had, I was a good delegator. I was a very good delegator. I delegated tasks very well. I delegated responsibilities very well. I didn't answer questions for the small things. I would always do, you know, you heard me say, turn it around and say, hey, what do you think I would do? And just make your team member come up with something and just let them do whatever they think they should do. You should have some level of trust in that. But, you know, what I think I struggled to delegate was the leadership and the dealing with the interpersonal things. And that, that kind of led to some elements of burnout for me. I, I was talking to a therapist about a year ago, and this was like right, right about the same time that I sold the practice. And you know what? I recommend everybody, man, even if you don't, don't think you're having issues, therapy is so great. And I hate that it like comes with all these connotations, therapist. You know, it's like uh, I had a life coach for about two years. You know, we, we had her on, that was Ellen Brown. We had her on a few episodes ago. And then after her, after I was done working with her, I got a therapist. And this is not the first time I've had a therapist in my life, but therapy is great. I mean, it just helps you to see things that you're just, so, so many blind spots. It's just like coaching. I, I just, sometimes I wish it wasn't called therapy because I think it comes with all that negative stuff. But so I, I was talking to a therapist and she was giving me an opinion about the things that I was telling her that I can do that no one else can do as well as me at the practice. And for instance, it was like the dealing with the impersonal conflict with, with appreciating people, building them up, just like the higher level like leadership stuff. And in her opinion was that I was wrong and that my team could do it. Now, my ego immediately is like, okay, you have really no idea what you're talking about because you've never ran a large team. You don't know what it's like. And this is such an easy thing for someone to say, almost like an ignorance, such an easy comment to make by someone who's never been in the trenches and done it. Not that I said that to her, but I'm just like, okay, listening and stuff like that. But it made me think about it more and more. And like, maybe it is true. Like, you know, maybe there's something, maybe I truly, you know, deep down, I do believe like, man, no one can do this as well as me or no one was on my team, but maybe, maybe she's right. So I started thinking about that a little bit more. This is a year ago. And I can tell you that she was right. And I can tell you, if you heard me talk about since my sale to MB2, how much I've relinquished control and relinquished leadership. And I, I think I, after I sold so much of my practice ownership, it's very easy for me to step back and relinquish that control because it's not as risky for me. I'm not 100%. I don't have as much riding on it. But the principles are the same. You can do this when you own 100%. And I could have done all this when I owned 100%. And the wheels did not come off. And my team leads were fully capable of leading and doing all that stuff that I didn't trust them to do so so this is what led to less overwhelm. So I, I want to talk about like that delegation process. And, and I think this is important for any delegating that you're doing is that the first thing is you got to explain the expectations and what you want from the person that you're delegating to. So clearly, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do when I want you to involve me if it's explain what it is. And for me, it's like if you want some support on something, if I can help you with it, please let me know. But I don't. I want you to handle these things and not bother me. I trust you. I trust you'll do the right thing. And if you get stuck on something or you have some issues that you want some help from, or you want to learn something from, or you just want some advice, please, please bring it to me. But my goal is to not have you bring me a lot of stuff. And that's my goal in delegating this to you. So clearly explain what it is, but then you, you want to ask for understanding, you know, so what is your understanding about what we just talked about this task and why is it important? So I want to know what the understanding is, just because I think it's just good to pair it back. That's good communication. What did you hear me say? 
I want to hear what you heard me say. And then, you know, as anything in any policy we have in a dental practice, it's, it's important to explain the why. Why is this important to the practice? Why is this important to the team? Why is this important to our patients? So ask for that understanding. What is understanding and why is it important? You know, why is this task important? This is something that I kind of just read not too long ago. And I love this. I, I just think it's great is that you ask your team member, you say, hey, in the future, if you're not doing what you're committing to doing today or you're not completing commitments on the, you know, the timeline that you said that you would, if I need to get you back on track, how do you want me to be with you if I have no interest in shaming or making you feel bad? And then they usually respond with like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? How do you want me to approach you? Like, I don't want to make you feel bad, but I do want to let you know I know things happen and people kind of fall behind. We get busy. How do you want me to approach you and get you back on track? Do you want me to yell at you? Do you want me to bring you in the office? Do you want me to shoot you an email, a text? Like, what is the best way for you? Why I like this is because this is asking for a higher level of commitment. This is us getting a, a verbal commitment that, yes, I'm going to do the things that I'm saying I'm doing, but you're also, then you're now you're getting permission. How are you supposed to approach this if they are not doing it? And they'll tell you. And then you just, I think it's the it's best thing to do is just repeat that back to them. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that if I see you getting off track, you would like me to approach you, bring you in the office, my, my personal office, and, and have a conversation with you about it. And there will be no hard feelings and we'll just have a very high-level conversation, no shaming, no blaming, no guilt. Is that what you're saying? And yes. So now you've got that commitment and now you've got a way to approach it if that commitment is not being followed up on. So I, I, I just love that. Like, And that's something, that I, like I said, I just read that part recently. And I think that's cool. That's taking it to another level. But my goal here and my goal at my practice is to only do the higher level stuff, you know, to do the, the directional leading, the growth. I'm not doing hiring anymore. I'm not, I really don't do anything there. It, it feels like I don't do anything. Yeah, maybe I don't. I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't know how my team would respond to that, but how the, what they would think if, if they think I'm doing stuff. I think they probably always think I'm doing a lot less than I am, but I'm not doing too much there anymore. I'm just kind of coming in, being enthusiastic, dealing with issues here and there. And I'm helping build up my leads and they've just been great. And they've been great because I've allowed them to be great. I've gotten out of the way. You've heard, you've heard that before. Just get out of their way. So that's what I've been doing. And even before I said, it's, it's easy for me because I don't own hundred percent. I don't have as much to lose, but all of these principles are the same. I could have did all this before I sold. And Hey, like maybe if I did do it before I sold, maybe I wouldn't have sold. I don't think so. I, I still think I would have sold because I'm really happy with what, I got for the practice and where that money had went and being able to invest in MB2, I think is going to be a big gold mine for me long-term. So I'm happy that I did that. So I'm not, no regrets there, but you know, looking back at my delegation, I think I was, like I said, I was very good at the task. I didn't do this higher level stuff. I didn't delegate it and I was too scared to. So that is the point of this whole episode is that I want you to delegate things and I want you to relinquish control and I want you to build up your leaders at your practice. And I want you to use this method to do it and just try it, trust it. Know that if something goes wrong, you'll be able to pivot and address it. The whole practice is not going to fall apart. Everyone is not going to quit your practice and that you're and all your patients are not going to leave and all your revenue is not going to go to zero. You're going to be fine. So just trust in your people, but be clear with the way you say it 
in the process and get that commitment using those three steps. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. Take care.